Well, this morning here we have Reverend Ben Walker with us. Ben is the executive director, retired. And Ben, when I say that, that's a big title with a lot of responsibility. But welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you, Reverend Kaiser. And it's just a, it's just a great uh, to be here this morning with you. Well, Ben, as we talk here, uh, you know, you have a long history uh, with the ministry, and uh, you're still a very big part of the ministry today. But I would like to take our listeners back in time here a little bit and kind of talk a little bit of your introduction to the Haven of Rest and maybe even some of the things that you might have been doing even before Haven of Rest, and if you would like to share that with our listeners. Yes, I'd be glad to. You know, it's been just great to see how, uh, and a blessing to see where the Lord has led in our lives, uh, Kathy and myself, because we were both involved very heavily with uh, Haven of Rest. Uh, We're originally from Michigan, uh, north of Detroit area, and the Lord led us here in uh, 1982 uh, through another ministry called Christian Service Brigade. And I was a camp director up at Stony Glen, and uh, Kathy was actually uh, became the uh, Reverend Thomas's executive secretary in 1983. Wow! She replaced uh, Carol Marshall, and uh, so we were very familiar with the mission. But it's kind of interesting. Our first contact with Haven of Rest, it was something I didn't I didn't want to have contact with. I uh, I was familiar with a couple other rescue missions, and I was in really in youth ministry. And, uh, you know, rescue mission work was a, a, something that I thought was needed, but it's not anything that I wanted to be involved mm-hmm. in. <laughs> and uh, I met a, a gentleman that worked at Haven of Rest at a big Bible study up in Cuyahoga Falls that I used to go to. And uh, every time I'd see him, he'd invite me to come and visit Haven of Rest. And I would come up with any excuse possible not to go. You know, and finally, after after one of the, those Bible studies, uh, his name was Bob Marshall, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I told Kathy, I says, Kathy, I says, we're going to have to go down there and see this mission. I says, this guy is not going to let me off the hook. And when we came down, we were just so uh, blessed to see what the Lord was doing, and that was probably in about uh, late 82, early 83. And then as it happened, Kathy came to work for Reverend Thomas in 1983. So as I mentioned, so uh, we were both, I, I was involved only from, you know, as being aware of what my wife was doing yes. at the mission. And then in probably about 1985, 86, Reverend Thomas asked me out to, to lunch one day and uh that's always dangerous <laughs> yes and uh <laughs> so uh he asked me if i would consider uh coming on staff and uh heading up the men's division of course at that time the men's division had one staff member wow and two other men working in the department and uh so uh i told him no i thanked him for the offer but I, w- I thought I was one of those guys that, was, that they were going to kick out of camp when he was an old retired guy because I loved the ministry I was in and I loved what I was doing. But during the next year, the Lord started changing my heart. Mm. And I started to feel, the only thing I'd say is I started to feel a distance from what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And the Lord provided me with an intern that eventually took over for me at, uh, at uh, Christian Service Brigade at, for the camp. And... So then, about a year later, Reverend Thomas asked me out to out to lunch again, and it's kind of like he said this time. He says, kind of like you know, I'm serious this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so I asked, I told him, I says, let me pray about it. And as things fell into place, uh, 
uh, I finally accepted the, uh, the position in about March of 1987, but I had the whole camping year to go through. So I asked him if we could stall me starting until September 1st of 1987. So that's officially when I started with uh, with uh, Haven of Rest Ministries. Well, you know, Ben, it's very interesting. I mean, obviously Kathy was already working uh, for Reverend Thomas. You said she was hired in at 83. Yes. And then you came a part of the team, already knew Reverend Thomas, probably from Kathy, and then your luncheons and interaction with him for several years and then became part of the Haven of Rest in 87. When you came in, uh, you mentioned briefly here, what did the mission look like in regards to programs? Uh, you, you mentioned briefly there was only one person and there was just the men's division. So there, a lot has changed over the years. Well, there's been tremendous change uh, since uh, this 30 years or 33 years coming on since I've been involved. I think I was the 21st staff member that, uh, that came onto the mission. And I think now you're close to uh, 90 yes. uh, full and part-time people. Mm-hmm. So there's been significant growth. Uh, but uh, the men's dormitory, for example, instead of having 100 beds like you have right now, there were 21 beds. And many nights, one night I, after coming to the mission, I was helping out in the evening, no one came. Now that wasn't common, but it happened. Whereas that you cannot even uh, imagine no one coming for assistance uh, right now. Mm-hmm. So no one, so th- th- there was people in the evening service for food, but no one spent the night that night. So it was uh, it was a lot different. Uh, uh, the men uh, on the upgraded uh, uh, upgraded program men uh, helped out in the evening a lot more. There's a lot more volunteer work and with administrative responsibilities. And uh, there was uh, there was only nine men on the residential program at wow. that time. And of course, as I mentioned, those, when I started then, there was two staff people, and we had two uh, men that had kind of come off the program and that were working to help in the evening and at nights. Well, you know, Ben, as I hear that, there when you came in in 87, not only was the program at that level, you being the 21st hired in, but there was also future plans uh, that uh, were starting to be built uh, for expansion uh, at the mission. Uh, you know, we went through a series of expansions here, and you were a part of pretty much all of them. Uh, you know, I think of Harvest Home. I think of uh, the Client Service Center over there. And so tell me a little bit about the, that time. Yes, uh, Reverend Thomas, uh, if I could just digress a little bit with that, Reverend Thomas was a great visionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just had, the Lord had blessed him in such a unique way, him and Eileen, as they led the ministry, and mm-hmm. he, had, he, he had a great vision for the organization and the ministry. And he gave me a tremendous amount of freedom in helping to develop uh, those visions that he had as to be able to put it uh in, into play, so to speak, and, and as we started to develop. Uh, just as the numbers started to increase in the late 70s and early 90s of people coming to Haven of Rest, the Lord also provided funds for us to be able to manage that. So we were able to uh, go through our first capital uh, uh, campaign back in the uh, uh, late 80s, uh, 89, 90, of, of moving into to 175 and part of the harvest home yes. and increase the uh, uh, the dormitory size and then in the, in the late in the mid 90s we added on uh, the uh, uh, the client services center 
at 207. And again, there was another capital campaign, and uh, things were changing so dramatically, and the staff was growing, and uh, the number of people coming to Haven Arrest was growing, and there was things that uh, came into play like uh, uh, the AIDS, HIV, which yes. we had never had before, and mm -hmm. we had to deal with that, mm -hmm. and uh, how that was going to impact the, the, now the people coming and staying at the mission, but also our staff. So there were a number of uh, things that God just directed us through, and uh, as, as the ministry grew, uh, in the late 90s, uh, Reverend Thomas uh, saw that he needed some help in managing the staff, and so he asked me to uh, to come on and, and form a, a, a position called the Director of Operations. Yes. And the Lord gave me the, uh, the opportunity to be able to help uh, put that together. But when I left the men's division, as I mentioned, we had... Um, we had two when I started. I think there were 16 or 17 staff members in just working in the men's division. So from 1987 to 1995-96, you could see how the growth that we had and was able to uh, put together the uh, the structure that and pretty much is still the same today. So we just praise the Lord for that opportunity to be involved in that way. Well, you know, Ben, just talking about the structure, uh, there was a lot of programming uh, that was brought in, good what I call good discipleship programming that you guys brought in. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because, uh, like I said, when you came in in 87, you were the 21st person hired in. And then all of a sudden, this enormous growth within less than 10 years, uh, up to 16 just in the men's division. We really, if, if I'm thinking about this, really didn't have what we call an, a special emergency shelter specifically for the men. They would just sleep in the beds. Is that correct? And so you had to develop, so you developed some programs during this time. Exactly. And one of the real blessings that uh, things that uh, the Lord did, I went to a conference with, uh, it was back called back then the AGRM, the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions, a national conference. And there was a woman from New York, uh, not New York City, but in one of the cities in New York, that gave a presentation on ministering to homeless. And, what, and it just opened my eyes at some of the possibilities. And so we came and we started to implement some of those things uh, in dealing with the, the homeless and uh, the, what we'd call the clients or guests today and ministering to them. And, of course, you know, getting staff and then having to developing programs. Uh, also, as we develop the program, uh, you know, there's no substitute for good staff. Mm -hmm. So the staff are the ones that really carried out all of these programs and, you know, ministered to the, uh, uh, to the people. I, uh, I saw my own personal ministry when I first started in 87. My desire was I wanted to minister to men. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be involved in men's lives. That's what draws me. That's my great call to ministry is to minister to the hearts and the lives and the souls of men. But I saw the Lord leading me more into an administrative uh, position. And really, my focus of ministry went from the homeless men and the men on our program really to the staff. I was ministering to them so that they could minister to the, uh, to the, to the homeless and uh, those on our program. Uh, one example of some of the additional programs, we saw that there was some missing pieces to the puzzle of education and career development. And Reverend Thomas and Eileen and myself 
uh, flew out to California and, and, and Denver and saw a couple programs and met with some people that were having doing this type of ministry already. And slowly, the Lord, the Lord made it possible for us to be, to be able to uh, add those. We added education, and uh, they're still going on. Jack Hug, our education coordinator, we hired him, and he, he has done such a wonderful job. Yes, in, he has. In over 20-some years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 25 yes. that that he's mm-hmm. been here ministering uh, and and working with the men's lives, and then uh, L.J. Dalton yes. in our career development center of helping the men and the women uh, to be able to uh, look for employment and helping them in uh, securing positions and preparing them. So these were all added, and then of course we had to as we added those, and then we had to how are they going to blend in with the rest of the programming? So. It was men like Gary Meeks that helped to be able, our chaplain, to be able to uh, work those details out. So it was just a lot of work, but God directed in just some wonderful ways uh, uh, during that time. So I look at all the programming and then working in the time slots, too, because when you change programming, you have to work those in throughout the time slots throughout the day to make it work because there's a lot that goes on uh, on the long-term program, especially for the resident men. There's there's work therapy, uh, there's Bible classes in the morning time, and so as you put in an education center and some of the other ones uh, that came into play over time, working within all the departments to make it work as well. Exactly, and one of the things that's uh, very important to realize is that Haven of Rest, from its very beginning, has been client-centered or uh, ministry-centered into the person that's walking through the doors of the mission. Mm -hmm. It's never been an organization that said, okay, this is our program, you fit into it. That's correct. We want to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. And so Haven of Rest has been sensitive to the changing needs of the people that walk through the doors and say, I need help. And so what worked 10 years ago may not work today. And it's even changing today, yes. you know, from, the, from back in the days that we're talking about. So we went through some tremendous change in looking, evaluating, and, and uh, looking at the people that were coming to us for service. What were their needs? How could we minister to their lives? And one of the challenges is, Meeting the physical needs of people is so great. They have so many complications in their lives, uh, so years and years of bad decisions, uh, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, 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 just you name it. They, they've had it. problems with the law, problems with prison. Mental health. Uh, mental health. And as you start to address these needs, if you don't watch it, uh, Jeff, you can all of a sudden the spiritual will get pushed out Absolutely. because you want to meet that need because that's what brings them to the mission. They have a need that they they can't handle. And so we want to make sure that we deliberately in, in, inject the mission, I mean, the ministry of, of uh, meeting Jesus Christ Amen. from the very beginning. Absolutely. We don't want to wait until they're, they're cleaned up and they, they don't have any problems anymore and then tell them about Jesus we want to start from the very get-go and telling them how they can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ because he's ultimately the one that will be able to help them through the issues that they're dealing with. And so that's always a struggle of trying to balance meeting the physical needs and meeting the spiritual needs. And I believe with all my heart the reason that God has continued to bless this ministry is because the leadership, the board, 
the staff has always given Jesus Christ supreeminence Amen. and put him first and that his, this is his ministry and glorifying him in everything that we do. And he's provided for us and through that. Well, you know, Ben, just saying what you said there, we know there's been testimony after testimonies of lives that have been changed. Uh, even staff, as we pray for staff and family, we know Christ has uh, touched their lives. And if you're just tuning in with us, we are speaking with Reverend Ben Walker. Uh, ben has been with the organization for 33 years. And we are concluding part one uh, with Ben here, and we will be picking up part two uh, next week. So please tune in for us uh, next week uh, for part two with Ben Walker.